Hello, everyone, and thank you for hopping into this Lunar Crush Live episode. Today, John and I spoke with Will Corkin and JP Mullen from Mantra DAO. Mantra DAO is a community governed DeFi platform focusing on staking, lending, and governance. It was about an hour and 20 minute conversation. We got into the background of, of both of the guys. They were working in and around China. They've worked on and been in the crypto space for a couple of years now, many years. Um, really enjoyed this conversation, learning about the tokenomics of Mantra DAO and how they got started and what the future is going to look like for the project. So please enjoy this one hour, seven minute, 49 second episode with Will Corkin and JP Mullen. Social Listening for Crypto, the Lunar Crush podcast, is brought to you by VisitCostaRica.com. Here, visitors enjoy lovely tropical beaches, grand adventures, the wonder of nature, and a scintillating culture. All the necessary components of an ideal vacation or holiday. No wonder thousands have made Costa Rica their top travel choice. Life's essentials are found here. VisitCostaRica.com. Cool. We are live. Welcome, everyone. We're live on Facebook, YouTube, Periscope, Twitter, and uh, Theta Fuel, Theta TV. So today we got a, uh, a great episode. We're excited to chat with Will and JP uh, from Mantra DAO. Um, we got some a uh, lot of lot of great questions for you guys, and I'm, I'm sure the uh, community will have a lot of great questions. Uh, but I want I really appreciate you guys hopping on and uh, becoming part of Lunar Crush Live. So. You know, tell us, maybe we'll start with Will. Tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about how you maybe got into crypto, and uh, we can we can go to JP after that, and he can talk a little bit too. Absolutely. Um, you know, first of all, great to be here. Thanks for uh, for having us. Um, so I guess I have a, a bit of a non-traditional entrance into uh, crypto that also kind of ties in with, uh, with John as well. So I've been, you know, pretty much back and forth within Asia and specifically China uh, for the past 10 or so years, um, coming over to study, doing internships. Um, I moved over full time about uh, five and a half, six years ago to Shanghai. And while I was there, I was actually um, working in sustainable agriculture for a couple of years. Uh, and then I was brought on to the VC arm for Anheuser-Busch InBev to launch a new uh, category for them globally, um, focusing on the Asia market. And it was actually during that time that uh, you know John and I had knew, known each other uh, in Shanghai um, as he was you know working on a master's there, and um, through his job he was getting into blockchain and crypto, and us being friends, you know, we started talking about it, and uh, we kind of you know end up having this uh, this second life where you know we'd work our eight, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. jobs, and then uh, you know from 8 p.m. until you know three four in the morning for about six seven eight months we were you know researching what is this you know blockchain crypto you know it's back in you know 2016 so before things really blew up um hosting meetups in shanghai uh until we finally realized that it was a bit more interesting than our day jobs at the time even though i will say working for um <clears throat> the vc arm for anheuser-busch is definitely a awesome job uh lots of lots beer, of free beer, beer in the office our office in shanghai our office in shanghai was actually in a brew house so it's a bit uh it was perfect. <laughs> wow. Um, but uh, yeah, so got into the space and then, you know, John and I had quit to start our own company. Um, and then we were actually brought on to another company called uh, Trade.io at the time that did an ICO. And uh, after that, you know, the Chinese government said we can't do anything blockchain or crypto related. So mm -hmm. about two and a half years ago, we moved here to Hong Kong and uh, have been in the space since, um, you know, previously and uh, more recently working for a licensed broker deal in the US that actually received the uh, first and only license from the SEC to do tokenized securities. Um, so they actually did like the Spencer Dinwiddie uh, tokenization contract, which not sure if you guys saw that. Um, and then, you know, brought on as advisors for Rio DeFi a uh, couple months back, beginning of this year. And that's kind of where, you know, we started brainstorming and thinking about, um, you know, MantraDAO and, you know, how we can, uh, you know, kind of make better what people were doing in the DeFi space as there was still a lot of inefficiencies, um, you know, high barriers to entry, roadblocks in terms of just people figuring it out. And that's kind of how we landed on, you know, MantraDAO and, uh, and building what we're building now. 
Very, very cool. Wow. I mean, and InBev, like I'm just thinking like the, that strategic arm back when like almost every single like small micro like brew spot was like probably being purchased and you guys like weren't changing the names <laughs> of anyone. I mean, holy cow, that must have been a, a busy so, time. I mean, now. it was, you know, <laughs> it, it's pretty crazy because, you know, trying to, of course, in, in China, you know, the most consumed beer in the world is called uh, Snow, which, you know, isn't sold outside of China and most people have never heard of. Um, yeah. But it's, you know, pretty much like 3% water. <laughs> Um, so trying to introduce even just like an IPA to the Chinese market into Asia was, you know, no easy feat. Um, and then, you know, going for super high end category, which was kind of what I was brought in to, to do for, uh, InBev was, uh, it just a, a bit before it's time, I would say, <laughs> but, uh, but definitely very interesting and, you know, a way to look at the, uh, the markets there. Have the Chinese latched onto IPA to IPAs? What are they drinking? So they did. So, I mean, it was a, a bit fighting tooth and nail, but, you know, IPAs um, and a lot of the different, you know, categories are actually quite large there. And, you know, Goose Island, which is owned by uh, InBev and kind of one of our flagships uh, entering in China is now, you know, the largest um, you know, craft beer brand well, globally, uh, but also within China. Wow. So it's, you know, it, they're, they're finally, they're finally taken to it. I remember hearing uh, Stone Stone Brewing went into Germany yep. into Munich, and then it, it bombed. It didn't work. It, <laughs> it actually went out because the the Germans were like completely not ready for it. Yeah, to be to be honest, that would be probably the last market knowing Germans. And you know, John spent time in Germany, so he knows better than even I do. But you know, Germans are very uh, particular, <laughs> uh, protective of yeah, particular and protective <laughs> of their beer. So going in with an American beer into Germany is uh, <laughs> it's a bold strategy. <laughs> it is. It is. It's funny. Cool. And so JP, tell us a little bit about your background. Um, so on the crypto side, not too dissimilar from Will since we've been working together since we uh, had Germans know what real beer is. Yes, uh, Germans. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Jawohl. Um, yeah, so anyway, so uh, most of the crypto side of, of, of things uh, Will and I have, have shared. Um, I guess I can maybe step back a little bit before. Yeah. So I had a friend. Um, Back in college, I went to school in Spain, actually, uh, did my undergrad at uh, St. Louis University in Madrid, or San Luis, <laughs> Madrid, yeah. and um, which was quite a cool experience. Um, but I had a buddy back then uh, called Trey Tomlinson. Shout out to Trey. Um, he was like, you should buy this Bitcoin thing. It's going up and it's really cheap and it's, you know, permissionless money and da 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 And I was like, what the hell are you talking about? But it was only like $50 or something like that. So I was like, okay, I'll buy a couple. Um, I was a poor college student at the time, so it was like beer money or Bitcoin. Uh, yeah, I chose tough beer, call. Beer. <laughs> yeah, tough call. I, ch I chose uh, <laughs> mostly beer money, <laughs> unfortunately, at the time, but still bought a couple. Um, so not like anything life changing, but, um, you know, it started like, okay, understanding what this whole like blockchain and crypto is. This is back in, I think, 2013, uh, maybe 2012. And um, honestly, kind of forgot about it. Didn't really have too much to do with it in my daily life um, for a while. But then when I was doing my master's uh, in Germany, the first one in Germany and then the second one in, in, in Shanghai, um, we were like looking at all these different fintech companies and case studies. Um, and I was like, okay, fintech's kind of cool. I was always still on a little bit more of a traditional like finance path um, at mm -hmm. the time. So, you know, when I got to China, um, in 2015, uh, there was, you know, all sorts of like e-payments and WeChat and Alipay and all these, all these kind of cool things that had just started opening up to foreigners. I mean, when I got there, everything was still in Chinese on the apps. So, you know, for most people now it's ubiquitous, but before it was like, it was a, it took you an hour and a half to even sign up for the app. So most foreigners were like, you know, <laughs> screw this. <laughs> I'm not, no, I don't, I don't need it. I'm, I'm cool with my cash. Um, <laughs> But you very quickly realized like these things had some significant power. You know, you could split bills at, at, at dinner, you know, all easy. You could send money to friends. You could do all these different cool, kind of cool things. Um, then that transitioned in my job at, at the bank that I started working at. So I worked at uh, a bank called Kuotai Junan Securities. It's um, for most people outside of China is unheard of. Um, but in China, it's like the, you know, the Morgan Stanley of China, essentially. And um, I was like the first one of the first uh, like white people, foreigners to ever work for that company. Um, so when I got there, I mean, they just had like zero clue what to do with us. Um, 
and, and they essentially were like, okay, like teach us how to do business in the West and teach us how to, you know, give Very a proper general, easy statement right there, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. A PowerPoint, just create a PowerPoint. <laughs> yeah, kind of, it was kind of like that. I mean, I showed up um, as an intern when I started uh, like suit and tie and literally no one wore a tie. Like my boss started having to wear a tie because I was wearing a tie to the office. Uh -oh. um, so it was just, it was, it, yeah, it was, yeah, it was just a totally different experience. I mean, it was awesome. I really enjoyed it, but it was totally different. Around that time, they started looking at um, kind of emerging technologies and how foreign investment banks were, were looking at them. And this was, you know, anything from insure tech to digital payments to, you know, blockchain and cryptocurrencies, all these different things, um, autonomous and electric vehicles. So we had this kind of research team that was created uh, essentially to look at these different opportunities. And, you know, given my increasing interest in both blockchain and crypto in general, um, I was like in charge of, of that part. I actually had a colleague who was like mining Ethereum at his desk at the bank, which he definitely should not have been doing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and trading like all the time at the, at the bank. Um, but a yeah, shout out to Dr. Lee, <laughs> um, Will knows him as well. Will, Will knows him as well. Um, he actually ended up working on a couple of crypto projects on the side, but, um, so anyway, you know, was, was getting kind of heads on into that, um, pretty deeply. Uh, we hosted again, meetups in, in, in Shanghai and we did a meetup for Neo at the time. Um, like when it was still ant shares. Um, so like really early days of that and, you know, things were kind of like really popping off and then kind of the rest is history, you know, similar path as well. Um, moved down to Hong Kong in the beginning of 2018, um, you know, been working, you know, more, more on the crypto side in the beginning and then moved a little bit back more into traditional when we we're doing the, you know, tokenized securities and, and, and more traditional like capital raise. And now, you know, we're back on the, on the crypto side with, with Montreal, um, like, which is pretty pure crypto play it's you know dow it's DeFi. um we have our own token so um it's it's definitely a lot more fun than uh than the, than the traditional side i would say it's good to be back so obviously yeah, you, guys picked, you guys picked the right timing here to launch your project I, I mean even on our side it's like there's not a day that goes by that we're not getting 10 to 20 DeFi projects to list on our site for sure and and we go back to all the way back to I think it was nine days ago when we added your your project to our site, and probably <laughs> second or third most requested uh, project. What did Elon say? You ain't cool. Is, is that, you ain't cool. Love it. <laughs> you ain't cool yeah, unless you had sure. to work your way around a bank firewall to work on your side gig. So true. That, that Dedication. Is, yeah, right. Right. Um, but I mean, you know, like we probably had more requests to add Mantra DAO than, um, you know, obviously the timing of Polkadot played into some of this. And mm. um, there's a lot of requests, like forceful requests, almost threats. <laughs> the community. Um, we we got to you know, shout out to, uh, to Ray, Ray, yeah, Ray Santos. Ray. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And fact, no, we're, 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 we're super yeah. lucky with our, um, our community, our, our Sherpas. They've, uh, I mean, just since from day one. They've been super passionate and uh, and have you know nonstop been supportive of everything that we're doing, and it's uh, yeah. I mean it's pretty crazy because you know during our fundraise we we raised from you know about a thousand people from eighty one countries, which is I mean really 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 amazing. And then within the last you know two weeks it's over ten thousand now in terms Near, of nearly ten nearly ten thousand addresses nine thousand seven hundred I just checked, um, but that includes exchange addresses, so I'm sure there's a lot more Sherpas out there. Was that in the so U.S.? It's, uh, it's an amazing thing to see. We did not. So we did not uh, offer to the U.S. Yes, yeah, so no, no U.S., no China. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, yeah. We, that's a rabbit hole for a completely different day on like the U.S. and falling behind and all well, that. Well, we're we're both Americans, so you know we would like yeah. to come back to see our you know friends and family. So <laughs> it's it's an easy solution to that, and it's just not allowing them into the uh, the token sale. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Um, so tell us a little bit about, I mean, so it's 2018, you guys are in Hong Kong, um, you know, the market then, you know, it's, it's, that's the beginning of crypto winter. And, mm -hmm. you know, that was, at least for us, that was just when we were kind of, we were just kind of starting to build Lunar Crush and it was, 
it was an interesting time to start building because everyone, you know, coming out a year after that, everyone's like, was, I thought the Bitcoin was like went away. Didn't this like go away? Like, you know, and that was here in the US where it was like, I'm like, what are you talking about? Like people are building satellites and shooting them into space to keep the network going. Like, I, don't, I think it's okay. Um, yeah. But what was, it, what was it like over there during that time period? Because I mean, just from some of the ground oh. over there, it seemed like it just never stopped. It just kept going. It was, it was insane. I mean, um, you know, 2018, I think me particularly, but also Will, I mean, we were like constantly on a plane, um, hardly ever in Hong Kong, you know, going all over the place, um, conferences and, you know, events and speaking gigs and all this different stuff. So it was crazy. Definitely not sustainable personally and probably professionally. Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely the timing on that to set up a, a kind of an advisory business wasn't wasn't amazing. Um, but we did have a lot of people who were interested. Um, we did fairly all right, to be honest. Um, and obviously, everyone at that time was like just money grab, money grab, money grab. Um, everyone with any sort of idea was trying to you know raise money for it uh, through mm -hmm. a through a token offering. So you know that wasn't obviously great. But um, I mean, it was an interesting time for sure. <laughs> um, you know. Still over here, you still had a, you know, regardless of, of what was happening in the market, I mean, there was people that were still pretty hyped about everything. And, you know, you still had a growing ecosystem, particularly here in Hong Kong, that continues to, to grow today. Um, and there's like kind of emerged as some, I guess, some like focal key figures in the space over here. Um, you know, we have like Genesis Block, if you've heard of those guys, uh, they're mm -hmm. kind of like an OTC um, desk, but they also do, um, like uh, like over the counter spot transactions at the at the shops you can go get HKD in cash and you know you can have a beer and they do events and this kind of stuff so that's like you know a good meeting point for a lot of people obviously you have FTXs here um, these are all some of our you know our the people that we know and work with so you've really seen kind of like a consolidation over the last couple of years but it's still the same figures you know it's still the same people and that's like I guess a good thing because you know that they're in it for for the real reasons. Yeah. yeah. And the, I mean, the nice part with, you know, again, we'd stepped away from kind of the crypto side and now that we're back, you know, kind of fully into it from our last, you know, more capital markets focus. Um, it's awesome actually seeing people that are still in the space from, you know, 2017, 2018. Um, so, you know, a lot of people that we're now working with and partners of ours, it's, um, it's, you know, reconnecting with them and realizing that like, oh shit, I haven't seen you in, you know, two, three years. Like, it's good to see that you're still in the space. You guys are still powering through, you made it through crypto winter. Um, so that's actually been a really nice thing to, to kind of see who survived and, um, and end up, you know, being able to work with people that you have these personal relationships that you've seen at conferences and, you know, worked with before. Um, so that's actually been a really, you know, nice thing about you know, things turning back around now. Hmm. Yeah. It's fun to see people and say, oh, you, you made it through. Thank God. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, you survived <laughs> barely. Yeah. I'm excited to go back to the conferences, you know, once once things get back to normal a little bit and and see everyone and actually see kind of what some of this attendance would look like. Because I feel like if you had a crypto conference right now in one of these major cities, it would probably be insane. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm just excited so I can stop having to do seven AMAs a week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yep. My my fingers are getting tired from all the typing. Oh, uh, I'm just kidding. The AMAs are fun. Yeah. These are, I like the live I like the live streams better though. These are uh, a little bit more free, yeah, free flowing. Easier talking than uh, mm. than just constantly typing. For yeah, sure. yeah no, sure. presenta no presentations here. We don't do that. <laughs> so so I, we'd love to hear about, ahead, about the well. I'd love to hear just about the project in general, about MetraDAO, and understand what it is, what it does. Um, obviously, we've gone through a lot of things and. I mean, you, you talk about staking, lending, governance is kind of looks like the three pillars of the project. I'd love to hear more about those. Sure. Um, you know, so on the Montreal side, essentially, we kind of, again, spun this out or kind of incubated it through Rio DeFi, which had some plans for doing a lot of these different uh, types of offerings that we're going to be doing, um, but in a little bit more centralized fashion. Um, so they had an idea to do this kind of like Bitcoin backed stablecoin. Um, of sorts with this whole lending uh, idea, uh, which is quite cool. Um, but then as we were thinking about it, it really made sense to, you know, kind of spin it off into this DAO structure, which we believe is kind of the future of, of how companies will operate. Um, 
So that actually goes to the timing thing a little bit because Rio has been around since September of last year. Um, so almost going on one year now. Um, so it was called Rio DeFi from the beginning. So like they've been doing DeFi for a while now <laughs> and just our timing just ended up like lining up perfectly um both with like DeFi bull run and uh also just the hype and insane craziness surrounding Polkadot. and actually we did like we launched very conscientiously on the 18th which is the day of dot transferability for a reason um so we could align ourselves with that and that's why you know a lot of people ask us like oh you're on Polkadot. why are you an erc20 token for example and we're like well you know we wanted to hit this market when we can and you know obviously we don't want to necessarily wait for the the, the main net to you know to make sure that we can start building in our community and you know um you know building out some of our offerings but anyway so back to back to like what we're all about in terms of the staking and lending and, and, and governance and whatnot so you know obviously we've taken a lot of inspiration from many kind of existing projects out there i don't think we're necessarily reinventing the wheel on anything um, but we are kind of uh, combining all of these different features into a into a, a kind of a unique model and a unique package, I would say, that combines you know the staking and the lending with you know this whole governance community governed model where the token holders have the ability to kind of say how we develop the platform, how we grow it, and um, we are starting with the staking side of things. So uh, we're essentially going to become validators for many of the top POS blockchains and projects out there uh, made an announcement yesterday that within the next two weeks we'll have at least five uh, partnership validator announcements um, coming out um, so we've been working you know pretty hard behind the scenes um, you know building out these relationships and partnerships as well as deploying capital into running some of these different validator nodes so the foundation is going to have um, you know all these different validator nodes which then will be revenue generating, people can nominate and delegate to us, and then they can earn additional uh, staking rewards through the OM token. So that's like the first focal piece, right? So it's the play is attract as much assets and as much attention and as much people that can come to stake with us. And we wanna be a top five validator for any chain that we validate for. Obviously that's gonna take time, but that's kind of like the internal goal and mindset that we have. Um, and we wanna, we wanna have you know, 20, 30, 40, 50 different validators that we're gonna be running. Um, that over time, you know, we'll have a significantly large pool of assets that are owned by the DAO, um, essentially owned by the token holders. Um, so then that moves into lending side of things. So the, 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 the staking is like the saving side of things and the lending is a little bit more like the, the other financial product that we're, that we're creating. Um, and we're going to have kind of like a multi-phase lending product where you'll have the kind of the um, proprietary um, crypto to crypto collateralized lending, um, you know, not too dissimilar from MakerDAO, but we want to make sure that it's cross-chain so that you can use collateral from, you know, Ethereum blockchain, or you can use collateral from Polkadot, or you can use collateral from any of the Cosmos coins um, or, or whatever, Ripple, Bitcoin, you know, whatever it's going to be. Um, and then we'll also have integrations of kind of existing Ethereum lending protocols as well. And also this is talking about like Compound or Aave or some of these other ones. Um, so that'll be all directly on the, the uh, Monitor now platform. Um, so then it's kind of like a one-stop shop, for example. So, you, you know, you don't have to necessarily have 10 different apps. I mean, that's one of the biggest things um, with, you know, a lot of our friends who are in the traditional space or who, who just never have gotten into crypto. Actually, like a lot of them came into the Montredow, um uh token offering because we're like yo you guys should get in on this it's going to be awesome and they're like uh what's this all about and how do i get a wallet and all these different kinds of stuff and then they're like why do i have to open you know 10 different accounts to do all these different things that you're telling me to do and i'm like well that's just kind of crypto for now but so we want to make it you know, more streamlined and have you know, the ability to have all your assets in one place in a non-custodial manner and be able to offer these kind of like financial services products that are the savings in the, in the lending side and then sort of, like you, I got to interrupt. You sort of just blew my yeah. mind a little bit because there's not a day that goes by that we're, we're hit by someone we know that says, hey, this Bitcoin thing, what do I do with it? Like, tell me about it. Teach me about it. Should I get in? And yeah. it's there's this kind of, I mean, here, especially in the US, there's this sort of de facto thing of like, oh, well, go open up a Coinbase account or a Binance account and, and start buying your Bitcoin. You just connect your bank account. It, to to start your crypto journey within a DeFi project is just super fascinating. It's just such <laughs> a new um, 
potentially even less friction um, yeah. if it's done right um, than what has happened. Because so far, look, setting up an, ex an account on an exchange and, and doing the traditional thing that's been going on for the past decade here, it's proven to not be easy enough for the general public. And Absolutely. so I'm, I'm interested to kind of hear more about that, like, you know, you, the UX side of things, because DeFi is complicated for a lot of people, too. So for sure. Yeah. And that's yeah, I mean, that's definitely been one of our I mean, main focuses is, you know, making sure that we have a you know user friendly UI UX, you know, making it so because again, you know, with DeFi, it's you know, being able to you know, bank the unbanked or, you know, break wealth inequality, um, you know, be able to offer these traditional financial services to people with smartphones. Um, so, I mean, again, you know, when we talk about staking and, you know, just putting in terms of, you know, having like a savings account, but instead of you making, you know, 0.1% um, APR, you know, and the bank keeping you know, the large majority of it when they, you know, then lend out your money or invest it. Um, but saying that, you know, you can keep those, you know, five to 20% APRs or, you know, with us 88.88%. Um, it kind of blows their mind and, you know, saying that, you know, just come on and be able to buy a hundred dollars worth of, uh, you know, crypto and just put it aside, having a, you know, savings account or, you know, staking and, you know, be able to earn you know, a decent amount. And for people, you know, with a hundred dollars, you know, that maybe make $10 a month in, uh, you know, in, in some countries and areas of the world, you know, that can be pretty substantial for them and, uh, and their families. But of course, you know, the big thing now is you know, making it so it's not, you know, I need to set up a, a MetaMask account and then figure out how to make it into a Chrome extension and then, you know, <laughs> sync it with this. It's, you know, it should be just setting up an account, you know, giving your phone number, um, you know, being able to buy right on the platform and then, you know, in like two clicks, take the crypto that you just bought and then stake it and make it, you know, as easy and straightforward as possible, which, I mean, that's still definitely lacking. And, you know, even as someone within the space, I try to navigate um, a lot of these DeFi platforms and it, you know, it, I definitely get frustrated. It just, it, it takes a lot to, to figure it out. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, yeah. it's really not the, the most, uh, friendly Intuitive. thing. And, you know, there's, there's not, um, you know, there's not great definitions for, you know, what, you know, different clicks of the button actually do. Um, and even, you know, things like Uniswap, it's, it's funny talking with friends like, well, I have, I have it here and I can click to make the trade, but, uh, I don't know if the, if this is actually going to go through. I don't know what I accidentally clicked. Like I, I just need to exit out before I make a mistake. So there's so definitely. I, I mean, there's, there's there's a huge gap in the market in terms of making things that are. You know, we more have not for, been telling our friends to uh, go trade on Uniswap. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> as much as I love Uniswap, definitely, uh, definitely not uh, not for the newbie. Sure, I'd I'd love to hear uh, Wolfman knows one. Uh, their question and answer to their question, how long will the 88.88% last? And, you know, a lot of people on the outside would say that's too good to be true. Is this some sort of scheme? Like what's going on? How does anyone offer 88.88%? So, so tell us I'm, how that works. I'm glad he, I'm glad he asked that because I was actually going to hop in when Will was saying that, um, just because it's not, uh, that is not forever. <laughs> we do not plan on having 88.88% forever. It is a promotional, uh, uh, you know, rate. Um, but essentially, we're trying to precondition individuals to stake with us because, again, we're an ERC20 token. We're not doing on-chain staking. All of our staking at, at present is done on exchanges. So currently, you can stake on uh, Bitdum Global and Bitmax. And uh, we'll be launching staking on OKEX, which is another one of our exchange partners shortly. And we'll also be offering a decentralized staking method um, with another partner uh, that we'll be announcing in, in a little bit. Um, I think either this week or next week. Um, so there's another partnership. Um, but essentially, we want to precondition all these people to staking. Um, and when we launch our on-chain staking you know, in the, in the imminent future, uh, we'll have a, a, a what's called like a decaying growth model that will start pretty high at the beginning. So the earliest stakers will be you know, um, proportionally uh, over-rewarded than you know, the later ones. Uh, but that, that, that rate will you know, uh, decrease over time. Um, so 88.88% is not forever. We do think that the earliest stakers on the on-chain staking will actually be higher in the beginning. So like proper proper yield farming kind of rates. Um, so, you know, it could be pretty could be pretty crazy, especially once, you know, with token appreciation as well. Um, 
but it's not forever. I mean, it's, it's this is you know a couple months, not a not a forever thing. Um, and of course, you know we have a portion of our tokens that are set out for these staking rewards. Thirty percent of the entire token supply is for staking rewards. So that's a significant amount of money. Um, we have eight hundred eighty-eight million tokens, and you know one third of that's going into staking rewards. Um, so that's pretty significant. Um, but we also have like a, a buyback. Uh, method for for the token as well um, from our staking from our asset staking rewards as well. So like fifty percent of our like foundations assets that we that we get for staking rewards will be used to buy back ohm on the market, and then we can redistribute and rebalance and and whatnot um, to refill buckets as needed. Um, but yeah, so I think uh, the eighty eight point eight percent has another couple months, but it's not a not a forever thing. <laughs> is there like a cap? Like is there a, like a minimum that it ends up at some point based upon a certain number of assets being staked, or how does that work? Um, so right now the 88.8% is just for ohm staking, right? So uh, it's a little bit different when you talk about the additional rewards being staked for, um, like, for, let's say you're staking Dot or Kusama with us. Shout out to Kusama. Um, <laughs> um, so let's say you're staking one of those with us and you're making, you know, your 10 to 20% APR. Um, depending on your karma level, uh, which is essentially like your internal score, your internal credit rating, um, for doing good things for the community, you'll have an additional bonus in pot potentially paid in ohm. Um, so that could range anywhere. I mean, anywhere from that, fifty percent of the of the staking award up to one hundred percent. So up to an additional like double of your interest, potentially even more. Um, you know, we're still working on some of the final metrics there, but it will not necessarily be the eighty eight point eight percent kind of thing. So like, it, it really just depends on the other blockchain asset that you're staking. You know, some of them are going to be lower, some will be higher, and you'll make it in the in the nominal value of whatever those rewards are going to be, essentially. So let's say you're making $100 on one, you know, and you have a 50% karma score or whatever, you'd only make $50 additional in Ohm. Gotcha. But that would be on one asset. If you could do that on multiple, multiple assets, and you're getting, you know, an additional significant amount annually on all your assets. So karma, karma score, this was fascinating. I was reading about this on your site and that score is determined how, and this is actually something we've been talking about on our, on our side as well, because there's certain influencers that have a super positive impact on, on various coins and there's mm -hmm. some that, that do not and mm. some interact a lot and some do not interact a lot. So I'd, I'd be curious how, how that comes together. So, so karma has essentially like, at least in my, my mind and the way that we're kind of thinking about it internally is that it has like kind of two tracks. Um, one is the really like the gamified, um, more qualitative side of things, which is, you know, referring friends and, you know, um, uh, staking and like doing, doing certain things, which are just, you know, helping the DAO and are not necessarily so, um, really re related hundred percent to your, like in an actual, like mathematical credit score right um of course they're interlinked but you know you have to have like specific um like risk scores and, and all these different things that are a lot more like mathematical so those that's like the more gamified track which is just to have a leaderboard so people can see how they're you know ranked within the dow and and you know how they're stacking up against their peers and etc cetera, etc cetera. um then you'll have your your like more mathematical data-driven like super analytical piece which you necessarily won't even see, but this is going to be how we can determine, you know, your credit behavior. Um, this will be based off of, you know, your proper staking behavior. How long are you staked? How are you like? How are you interacting with the staking side of, of things on the on the platform? How are you taking out loans? Are you paying it back on time? Like this type of thing. So there's there's kind of two tracks. One sense is really um, like more quantitative and, and data driven, and the other side is there's a little bit more like fun involved. Um, but both are equally important, I, I think, and, and and you know we we need both sides of it because karma score is a, is a way to get people incentivized and get people to have some competition within the within the system. Um, ideally, to make them stake more. Ideally, to make them vote more. Um, you know, all these different things earn earn you karma, and they all help the system. So, you know, the more active participation that we have, um, the better it is for the entire system. That being said, we also have a lot of data that we're going to be able to gather from these different actions that can then be used to make these kind of tailored financial products, um, particularly like one thing that we're really looking at is the under collateralized lending. Um, so that's a, that's a pretty like new thing in crypto. I know Ave's done a couple a couple loans like that, a couple under collateralized flash loans, which is awesome. Um, and actually one of the things I think is cool for us is that we'll be able to essentially gather data from when we integrate those platforms as well um, before we actually launch it ourselves. 
That's awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, just to kind of yeah. segue into lending a little bit, because you're talking about staking and that's kind of the first piece of where you want to go. Obviously, you have to establish that, establish the customer base. Where does, you know, just in your vision, where does that tipping point happen where it's like, okay, now it's time for lending? Uh, when the product's ready. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, no. So we, I mean, again, like the staking is the focal point for the time being because we really mm -hmm. want to get, like that's one revenue generating from day one. Um, you know, it makes money from day one. And it really is a, is a way to kind of latch onto these different communities to grow our overall Sherpa community or our DAO, et cetera. So someone was asking me yesterday, like, you know, what, why do you, why do you want to give to all these different, you know, people who are going to be, you know, staking with us because how JB, is that going to help us tokenize? Oh, yeah, yeah, that sure. So I, was, so I was saying, um, some, someone was asking about like, you know, how does this help the token price if you have a validator for all these different POS uh, blockchains? Well, if you're running, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20 different validators, um, you're obviously working with these different communities. So you're going to have people from all these various communities coming on to dominate and delegate our mantra down nodes. So they become aware about us as a platform. They become aware about us as a as a company, as a foundation, as as a business, and then they'll potentially stake other different assets with us. They'll potentially take part in other different services, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But additionally, because again, we use 50% of those staking rewards daily to buy back OM on the market, you know, we're reducing the circulating supply of OM, at least on the open market. It's, you know, um, so, so that's that's kind of one of the, the key points for us. You know, the more validators that we have, obviously the larger our community will be, the broader you know, the, the awareness uh, will be about MantraDAO, um, but it also has an economical impact on the price as well, or the token. And that, that's kind of in with the Oz's question here. You know, hi, is there any plans for burning mechanism or buyback? You were saying about 50% of the coins on the open market. I mean, is that the strategy? Is that, that is it 50%? Is it, is there's going to be some other mechanism to auto burn? What's going on there? Um, yeah, so there's a couple other burn features. There's the Mantra pool. So Mantra pools like our, Kind of our lottery game gamified uh thing which i think is a big sleeper for the product um which is so you know from that from the from those staking rewards you have 50 percent for the buyback you have 25 percent that goes into the mantra pool so every week you know 25 percent of our staking rewards will go into this pool and that could be you know from dot kusama all these other different assets that we're going to be validating for. Yeah, I can say one announces, I, announcements I can, coming I can, soon. I can say one for sure, um, just because I think we've talked about it, but we'll be a validator for Tezos. Um, so, you know, people will be able to stake Tezos with us, um, or I guess we'll be baking it. But um, anyway, so Tezos is one of them, for example. Yeah. Let's just say you have this pool of all these different assets, right? And 25% of those assets will go into this pool weekly that someone can burn Ohm to get into. Um, so you burn one ohm, you get one entry into the into the mantra pool. Um, also, you if you have a high enough karma score, you actually get immediate entries into all the different like pools on a weekly basis. Um, the other burning mechanism is the uh, opening and closing of CDPs, which is on the lending side. So opening and closing of collateralized debt positions, um, you have to burn some ohm to open, and you have to burn some ohm to close, essentially. So those are two of the kind of the features um, that I think with scale will be pretty significant on the amount of ohm being burned. Um, I, I do also think that the mantra pool is going to be a big, a big sleeper. Um, is that Pina? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I have, a, I have a few dogs here that are now awake, <laughs> Mo uh, moaning and groaning. <laughs> add them to the um, stream. Let's get them on camera. <laughs> well, here's one right here. Oh, this is Chloe. All right. All right. <laughs> and the other little ones, where are they? Oh, they're, they're running around. I'll try to grab them. One just celebrated their first birthday on Sunday, and then the other nice. little devil is uh, is about three months old. <laughs> That's awesome. Here's one of them. This one just had its first first birthday. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's, Lu it's Luda. <laughs> yeah, and then Pina, nice. this little devil, oh is, a, wow. is like a three-and-a-half-month-old English bulldog. <laughs> wow, three dogs. Three dogs over there. Man, I love it. It's a, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a busy house. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so kind of anyway, talking, through, <laughs> yeah, yeah, talking through this stuff a little bit, it just, you know, kind of to go off on a little bit of a tangent, it's, you know, 
obviously some of the stuff that you're explaining through it is the tokenomics of what you guys have put together. And it's, it's almost at this point where, you know, everyone's got a shot now at, at kind of outperforming what has historically been put in place by whether it be governments or sovereign entities or other products. Right. And it's super interesting to, to hear your guys' approach and, you know, but you can't help but think about some of the, some of the people out there, like we were just talking about where, you know, we can't even get people to figure out how to move from Coinbase to Atomic Wallet. Right. They're, they're trying to figure out how to move stuff around. So, I mean, you know, what, like, what is your guys' thoughts a little bit on, on making some of this stuff easy? I mean, is it going to get to a spot where you're like, Hey, I, I need to buy a new car and I've got X amount of Bitcoin and I'm coming to you guys to say, you know, what's the rate I can get? What does this look like? Can you automatically pay this payment for me? You know, with something like a Tezos, if I'm staking there, is there like, is that kind of the creative finance that you guys are looking to build with something like this, where it's like one click, I now get lent based on the karma score and based on what I have. Yeah. I mean, essentially, you know, we, we do want to make it as as sleek and as, as, as nicely designed as possible. So we even said on one of our decks, like simple as what one click and obtaining a loan. Right. Um, mm -hmm. So these are, this is definitely like the direction that we're going to move into. Of course it's, you know, that's, it's not going to be day one, right? Uh, sure. Just a minute, everyone's expectations. This is going yeah, to take our first, time. Our first beta um, didn't even work. We were like at dinner, and one of our developers like launched it, and we're like, "It's live!" And then it just didn't work. So it's like it takes time. <laughs> it takes time. Tech, to, to tech, tech products always take time for sure, and iterations and, and improvements and whatnot. But you know, we do have the mindset from day one to make it as simple and easy as possible. Um, and you know, Will's been working on a lot of the UI UX uh, just for just for that, and as that you know. A lot of the you know various uh, existing platforms out there um, to kind of see what we liked and what we didn't like and you know streamline it as much as possible. I know we have some like screenshots floating around of some of the initial snapshots, but I think it's going to look even better um, when we launch. Um, and you know some of the other things that I think are important for us are just you know making it easy to be able to get the non-crypto native in. So this is working with you know or or having integrations with you know fiat channels. Um, and that people can use their, you know, debit card or credit card or bank transfer to be able to, um, to get on and into the platform uh, simply and easily. Um, you know, so that's one thing that we're working on. Additionally, like, I think one of the things that's really tricky for a lot of people is the the whole wallet system and like keys and all of that. So, you know, right. for for certain for certain individuals. You know they're totally used to it and that's fine and they can go the whole crypto mnemonic phrases and you know making sure it's all secure and saving your private keys and whatnot but for other people you you know you want to have like like a it's called like zero off essentially where you have um you know you can log in through your google mail or your facebook or whatever and it's associated to that kind of account obviously for some people that's not anonymous enough which is fine but for you know you know for your your uncle or your aunt who like doesn't have any idea what they're doing, you know, that's probably okay as long as it's done in a safe enough, you know, manner. And, you know, that's, that's a pretty important thing for us. Um, so those, these are all just some of the things that we're like working on and thinking of and, and um, we'll, we'll have some integrations for those types of things uh, sooner rather than later. I'd love to see Dustin McDaniel's question from YouTube um, <laughs> answered on here. So he says, Dustin's uh, our homie. So yes, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I was just looking at that one. So and this is um, and, a this is a big deal. I mean, like this is something. I remember when Tezos came out, it was like, no way. There's on-chain governance and voting, and and how does that all come together? And it, it's complicated, and and yeah. can be messy, um, but important. Uh, you know, it helps you uh, not hopefully not end up with too many forks of your code someday and all that fun stuff. Um, but tell tell us about governance um, with plans you might have in place. Yeah, sure. Um, so essentially, again, the, the thing that we were really focused on was, you know, not recreating the issues that have we've seen in the past. Um, you know, voting has always been a pain in the ass for a lot of people. I think the the one time that I, or not maybe the one time, but one of the more recent times that I've seen it really work was on the redenomination of DOT, for example, where it was a community led initiative first on Kusama, uh, which then went into an on chain voting process for uh, polka dot holders. Um, and I think there was a significant, significant amount of people that voted in, in this uh, region nomination and the overwhelming favorite ended up winning, um, which was the hundred, hundred X split. Um, so that really is pretty simple. Like it's like a substrate polka dot 
governance palette that that, that you know will we'll model after. Uh, but we do want to make it as easy as you know delegating your staked assets immediately on the platform or your staked ohm immediately on the platform to be able to vote within our system. So it is a it's like one of the sidebars actually on at least on the web and, and that also web app. yeah I mean that also plays into you know like the UI UX part as well and you know with Dustin's question. I mean, it's it's pretty straightforward in terms of you know here's how the votes work. If you want to put forth a vote, you know here's the section where you know you detail put out what the vote would entail, um, or you upload you know in terms of what it would look like. Uh, and then for us, you need to put you know 100 USD worth of ohm uh, locked in order to actually put it through. And again, it's you know it's as I think a, like a two click uh, process in terms of typing in you know what you want changed. Uh, locking that ohm up and then submitting the proposal, um, and then in terms of voting, it's you know you have we well, all have a bar that says you know these are the uh, different proposed votes. You know you can expand them so you can see what's going on, and then depending on how many ohm you have staked, it's just click of a button vote you know in favor or against. So you know again playing into the uh, you know, user friendliness, and again some of the other traditional or, or previous DAOs, you know the voting process is again. A, bit you know tedious confusing uh not necessarily straightforward so no we we try to um you know build upon those those previous uh examples to make it you know again just very easy and straightforward for people that don't need to go digging on different platforms or you know a, a multi-step process is there uh, a certain and i guess that validator so like for tezos me? i think it's what eight eight thousand tezos you need to be a baker um, there's there's the various rules depending on the different uh, validators. So um, on certain ones, for example, Tezos, like James Anderson, one of our council members is a big Tezos holder. So uh, <laughs> he'll be delegating all of his Tezos to the money yeah. um, <laughs> Shout out to James. Um, <laughs> but, on, but, but on other ones, you know, we do have, like we have actually, you know, significant, put significant capital investments into a lot of these different nodes that we're going to be running both from the uh, foundation and the team. So one thing that we like to do when we approach a lot of these different validator, uh, potential validator projects, mm -hmm. is have a team stake in the assets that we're gonna be purchasing. So the foundation will purchase, you know, obviously the bulk, um, but then, you know, all the team members will throw in a little bit as well. Um, that will be then, again, delegating, putting skin in the game to the Montreal. Um So across the board, it's pretty much uh, every single one, there's going to be team members who are who are supporting our our own nodes. I love but it. But it, it really That's just cool. depends. It really just depends. Like for example, um, like I was on a call yesterday with someone from Tomo Chain, and um, like to run one of their master nodes, there's 150 slots only, and um, you know to run a master node, I think the minimum right now is like 60,000 Tomo, 65,000 Tomo, and Tomo is like a dollar, so it's not mm -hmm. an insignificant amount of money. Um, right. But that's just one example, you know, so that it, it really just depends. Other chains are a little bit different. Other chains, you'll need one to start it. Um, yeah. But again, to be on the top, you know, you have to obviously get a lot of delegation. Um, so we have some pretty cool, exciting ones coming up. <laughs> um, nice. inc including like, you know, pretty good deals where, you know, sometimes the they agreed because we're early as a validator, the, you know, the foundation will then delegate a, a certain amount to us to make sure that our node is, you know, a significant uh enlarge uh node um you know so that's that's one of the things that we're that we're that we've been working on to get some pretty good deals on a lot of these projects that's great there's a lot of it, like just that that piece to what you just said right there and the sustainability of starting something and, and the longevity of it to make sure that the partnership's in place and there's an agreement on both sides it sounds like you guys have mm -hmm. really done a lot as far as just relationship building and, and infrastructure around what you're building and, and the trust and i think that that probably has come from you know the amount of time that you guys have spent in this space and, and you came back to this space so you know i'm sure those partners are excited to have you guys have you back and working on this yeah i don't i don't make it i don't want to make it seem like we left <laughs> we're definitely always <laughs> still here <laughs> um just a little bit more like on the more blockchain -y side um rather than the, yeah. like pure crypto play but um yeah, without a doubt. I mean, it's it's uh, it's definitely a show of you know continuing to build relationships in the space, and we're connected. You know, we know the people. We've been here. We've done it. Uh, not everything always worked out as well as we expected it to work out. You know, with some of the previous ventures, but 
you know, we've learned from those experiences and, and uh, you know, obviously these are all, all getting taken into how we view MantraDAO and how we're operating and executing now. I mean, we've we've been around for literally two weeks. Today was today was two weeks since TGE. You know, we're listed on 11 exchanges, um, 11 plus exchanges. I mean, they just list us. We don't even know if they're going to list us sometimes. Um, and, you know, we have some pretty exciting announcements coming up and, um, you know, we're, we're continuing to build out our tech platform. We've already had a first major FUD campaign, um, <laughs> like within the first week, <laughs> coordinated FUD. Um, you know, so these types of things are, they're, oh, it's ex hey, they're exciting, you know, they're, you're not going to make friends with everyone. Um, but, you know, we, we try to, you know, be uh, as friendly as we can in the space, not make enemies necessarily. We try to work with everyone. We have a very staunch anti-maximalist. Uh, perspective on this, um, which is why we want to run all these different validators, which is why we want to include all these different assets in our in, in as collateral with our, within our lending. And we want to support not only the Polkadot ecosystem, but Cosmos, but near, but all these other different, uh, you know, blockchain protocols as well. So, you know, these, this is just kind of how we see the, uh, please FUD so I can load my bags more. <laughs> By the dip. <laughs> You'll see no, more of that as you go, <laughs> Yeah, the fund. You need to have it's. It's going to be there, and like, I think it was early on, and you know, it's like the anti-maximalist. But like, I think CZ or someone said early on, you know, there's going to be fun. You know, no matter what you're doing, and no matter what business that you're in. I mean, it's just the the world that we live in now. And you know, if you have a roadmap and you're executing against that, and you're you're growing and you're feeling good, and there's there's good feedback from your community, then that's all you need to focus on. Because there's always going to be people, and it's part of the good part about crypto is how passionate everyone is about their project and what they're working on, and they they want to win. And competitive competitiveness is good um, to a certain extent, but it, you know, for me, it's you know, we're all in this space, and if you're in this space and you're trying to grow it, you're probably more aligned with the way that I think versus someone that's not in the space and not trying to grow it. So, you know, mm -hmm. there there could be a little bit more of a collaboration between projects and and you know, openness. I think that would probably be a good thing, but. Um, you know, we're human, we're competitive. That's what we do. For sure. For sure. And I think and that, that also, I mean, that's, I mean, that's the beauty with, oh, uh, I mean, with being so early in the space as well. I mean, DeFi yeah. specifically is still, you know, what, a couple of weeks, months old in terms of, you know, really picking up. So, yeah. you know, no one's really a competitor, you know, any comparables or you know, just potential partners, you know, there's plenty of space, um, within it, you know, globally. And that's, you know, the beauty of it is, you know, we can talk with anyone, even if they're doing you know, similar service offerings to us and find ways to work with them. Mm -hmm. And that's, uh, you know, it, it's, you can't really do that in a lot of industries, but, you know, we're lucky enough that we can, and that's definitely the approach. And, you know, yeah, some people are a bit different, but, uh, but at least, you know, I think that the large majority of people have the same views. So I got a question, a technology question. So, you know, a lot of DeFi projects are built on Ethereum. And what was that like, that decision? I see you parity substrate for Polkadot. Um, what what did that look like? What did that journey look like? Why not Ethereum? Why Polkadot? Well, I think um, not that we have anything necessarily against Ethereum, um, but, you know, going back to the example of Uniswap, I mean, people are paying, you know, massive gas fees, um, so, you know, to, to to transact on Ethereum and it's expensive now and it's not easy and it hasn't been scalable and maybe ETH 2.0 will change this. I hope it does. Um, but for the time being, it you know it has its limitations, um, especially on the kind of like the inter cross chain interoperability side of things. Whereas Polkadot has you know at least shown to present that you know it has potential to solve a lot of these different issues, um, you know through its kind of unique model for both um, you know sharding and um, governance uh, with the parachain concept. So Rio DeFi, which is the you know, the builder of Rio Chain, um, you know, built a substrate chain, um, and essentially uh, plans to become a parachain within the Polkadot ecosystem as well. Um, so you know, essentially, it offers a lot of different features that you know we believe will be useful for building DeFi products, which is you know cross-chain interoperability, which is all these different types of kind of like atomic swaps. Um, much more scalable load transaction fee um, model. Um, you know, we expect to have significant amounts of transactions, particularly on lending and and borrowing and, and all these different things within our system. So, you know, paying exorbitant gas fees to move your you know, OM token all over the place is not going to really work in our model. Um, it'd be a big hindrance. So, you know, these are all things that we want to that we need to work with. 
Um, so I think the two biggest things are obviously it needs to be low cost, it needs to be cheap, it needs to be scalable. And then we need to have this kind of cross-chain uh, interoperability piece because again, we're not just working with Polkadot projects. Yeah. We're not, you know, we're working with Cosmos projects. We're going to incorporate, you know, Tezos. We're going to have all these different other ones which have their own kind of blockchain protocols that, that need to be able to be interchanged and interoperated with. Um, so that's like a critical, critical part of Montreal. And uh, that's kind of, you know, why we, why we went in this direction. Will and I are both Polkadot ambassadors as well. Um, which is just like a voluntary thing that, you know, we help support the ecosystem, which is how I got this dub shirt. Um, <laughs> mine, mine's, mine landed in Hong Kong. So now the uh, post service needs to drop it off at some point. So mine's definitely yeah. cooler. Except for <laughs> I'm about to steal it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good luck. Um, <laughs> but I, yeah, yeah. And, I mean, the cross chain thing too, is just, you know, what's been missing pretty much across the board. Yes. You know, that, that, that's always been what's, you know, talked about even back in, you know, 2017, 2018 was, you know, the, what's going to be the big cross chain and, and how is this going to actually work? And now we're finally coming to market with a lot of these that again, took years to build, but, you know, I think that's why we're starting to see so much coming into, you know, all the space is people are starting to realize that, you know, holy shit, we can, you know, actually run proper cross chain services, um, which, uh, you know, again, wasn't able to be done you know, easily or for some people at all previously. So. That's, uh, I mean, definitely a major, major part with, with uh, how we're building, and, you know, kind of our decision into that. Yeah, that that is not an easy problem to solve, and I think it, people have been trying to solve it for for a while, and it's kind of proved itself because some of the smartest people, I mean, like Lightning, and some of the smartest people have been trying to solve this, and they haven't been able to. So, I think it just took took a little bit of time, took took more people in the space, and and once we get there, and as we're getting there now, um, huge growth opportunity. Yeah, for sure. And it's yeah. perfect for DeFi. Yeah. Very cool. It's great to great to hear. I, I'd love to go through a, a few social metrics off of our site as a, as maybe a last part of this segment, um, cool. and just chat about your community a, a little bit and some of your strategies around that. that that's our favorite thing to chat about. <laughs> love it, love it. Yeah. So um, let me share my screen here. Joe, can you see my screen? Yep, you're up. Cool. So. Um, so we've got lunarcrush.com up, our markets page. And if I scroll down a little bit here, oh, we already see it. There is Mantra Ooh, Dow. Lucky number 13. Yeah, so you're, so you're 13. <laughs> and uh, I have this table filtered by, by social volume. So, I mean, let's think about this here. We have a project that's been live for a couple weeks that is the 13th highest social volume as of right this second. It's a pretty um, good company. It's, it's really good. And so, you know, today there's been 2,347 unique mentions about Mantra DAO. Um, and there's been over 2 million social engagements, which what that means is it's kind of like deeper level interaction. Um, like if we're talking about uh, comments, retweets, things like that, upvotes on Reddit, um, it's, it's really looking at all those interactions. So you see a pretty high number there, but 2 million is great. Um, and if we dive in, I think I get the page up here. Yep. Um, just to point out a few of the other metrics, um, like our galaxy score is a combined metric that just looks at mantra DAO. It doesn't look at relative to any other coins and it, it looks at, and it's early cause we just started tracking this, I think nine days ago. Um, but overall really healthy. I mean, if you're above a 60, um, you're healthy and you're consistently doing real well. Um, Altrank looks at mantra Dell relative to the entire market. And so it's looking at combined social and market activity. I mean, it was number one right out the gate, um, <laughs> which was insane. I, I, we haven't seen that this mantra Dell and Polkadot were the only two projects that we've seen do that right away. So um, that says a lot. Um, and when you look at it overall, I mean, it moves up, it moves down. What's beautiful about this is you end up seeing when social activity is super high something can rank really well, well before a price move. And mm. so um, what we see here is, I mean, again, there's 2000 coins in the market here. You haven't been above, I think what two, at the worst point, you haven't been above 270. So already doing really well, very healthy. Um, when we look at social metrics, this is per hour, this data here. So a hundred plus mentions per hour seems to be like a typical scenario here. You've traded up as I should say, posted up, as high as 345 um, posts per hour. So these are people mentioning Jeez. your ticker, your name. Um, this is great. This is really good. Um, 
great activity and you look at the contributors on an hourly basis, these are unique individuals posting about you, not the number of posts, but the actual individuals, um, you know, as high as uh, 339 people per hour um, wow. posting. So, so really healthy start. Um, and would love to hear a, a little more about um, just what are your strategies to involve the community? And it's also really interesting as that relates to governance, decentralized governance owned by the community that's constantly talking about a project. Um, so just <laughs> curious, you know, what, what exactly do you guys plan to do with the, you know, with your social efforts? I mean, I think, uh, you know, we've been fortunate that we've had, a you know, again, a really amazing um, support base so far. Um, you know, we've, again, seen our token holders grow from, you know, a thousand to nearly 10,000, uh, probably more um, in less than two weeks. You know, so that's 10x in two weeks and just in terms of the number of people who are actually holding it, uh, which, again, is also great. Um, but we need, you know, we need to have people who talk about us. We have a very active community on Telegram. We also tend to be very active on Telegram as well. The, 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 the team and, and you know, the people working on the project, you know, I have so many messages that I, I just can't even barely begin to get to all of them. But we try our best to, you know, remain active with the community and, you know, hear their feedback and listen to what their comments and concerns are. <clears throat> so this is all super important for us. Um, and, you know, it's also helped that we've had, you know, some people who really like Mr. Business Intelligence, shout out to A-Double, um, <laughs> shout out to Pentoshi, you know, shout out to Z Johnny Zcash, like all these people, there's tons of them, Crypto's Batman. I mean, these guys, Trader, Trader Lenny, Trader XO, I mean, all these guys, Nick Craples, like, you know, obviously I know all these people, um, at least from crypto, I don't necessarily know them personally, some of them, yes, <laughs> but, you know, they've all been very, really big supporters of us and, you know, share, share a lot about what our updates are and how we're doing. Um, and they have big communities and they have big reaches and, you know, that obviously helps us, um, you know, so this is like a critical, critical part. You know, we try to be very active on the different socials as well. Um, but we're still a small team. I mean, we don't have like, we don't have a massive in-house marketing team. Like right now it's essentially Will and myself doing the Twitter. Um, we, we just got someone in to help us with this, you know, so it's not like we have this massive workforce, just like shilling tweets left, right and center. We, we really just have like, we're, we're a small team at the moment and you know, it's, uh, everyone wears many hats. Um, yeah, all, all hands on deck for sure. <laughs> Yeah, so you know that that kind of that kind of um, thing is, is great to see that it's been really organic in nature, um, <clears throat> and you know anyone who was a you know a crypto influencer, a crypto Twitter person who who you know shills us now, like they all invested in the project. Um, you know, we had someone claiming that we're like just paying all these people, but like no, they actually invested. Um, <laughs> that was a critical critical thing. You know, some of them substantial substantial amounts of money. Um, you know, so that's a that's um that's something that we are you know happy and proud about, um, and then again, this kind of community focused or community first approach is is something where we want to create like DeFi for the masses rather than DeFi for you know either the very technologically savvy or the one who has the deepest pockets, um, and they can just you know earn all the earn all the uh, the, the the farming yield from um, you know some of these different protocols, whereas you know, like the average person is going to go in there and get wrecked. So you know we we want to we want to be for the people. Um, that that also and, goes and, into what even what John was mentioning before about you know doing seven AMAs a week. Um, you know, pretty much within <laughs> the last month and a half, you know, we've been doing multiple AMAs across the board with different communities, different languages, um, and that's played a big part. As you know, now I think you know we have uh, twelve different language supports on Telegram, and you know, mm -hmm. constantly growing. So you know. I think the big thing is also just tapping into new communities pretty much from all corners of the world to, you know, share what we're doing, get them into, you know, into our Sherpa's family. Um, and that's kind of played a really big part as well, just to be able to, again, reach as many people as possible that, you know, just doing traditional, you know, ad space type won't, doesn't really cut it. Yeah, that makes makes a lot of sense. And the one thing that we've kind of found, you know, and that's part of the reason we started Lunar Crush is to look at community and how it grows. And and what we've realized is you can't sustainably fake engagement over time. Mm. Sure, you can go and you can create a spike and you could potentially pay for a lot of engagement, but you can't consistently do that over time. And so 
for the community to be able to come in and see what you guys are doing. And, and John, th that was no joke. I mean, to hit the number one alt rank right out the gate, uh, very, very, very difficult. And especially right now with mm. the, the quantity of noise that's out there. So um, definitely give your guys a, self a pat on the back, especially if you guys are the ones um, out there pounding the pavement with Telegram and, and, and Twitter. So really, really amazing job. Appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah, we've seen, been, uh, we've seen not, uh, not too much sleep project. recently, but, uh, but it, it's definitely worth yeah. it. It's great. The DeFi projects are really just the, the amount of social activity the last, like, I'd say two to three weeks. You know, when we'd have our, our alt rank filter on here, you know, we'd see maybe one or two DeFi projects for the last few months in the top 10. And like yesterday, all 10 were DeFi. So <laughs> like it's, there's a huge shift moving on right now. Um, but I just shared uh, the the top one day influencers, by the way, if you wanted to uh, check that out on our on our Twitter here. So we we actually, um, you know, we 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 justify influence really um, objectively. You know, we get this question a lot, like, well, what what makes someone objectively influential? And it's funny because, you know, you've got like I'm going to go back to your your page here. Um, there's three factors that we look at. Um, we look at engagement. So out of all the posts that come from that account, how much engagement is there in those posts? And then we look at how much activity is there for an account. So if you're posting once a month, um, you're not gonna rank very well, especially on social <laughs> channels. Um, and then we look at the growth of popularity. So like, not this is not just a popularity contest, but it does matter if, you're, if your following is not growing, um, that's a signal. And so we look at all three of those together and then combine it with time. And so, you know, cause someone might be influential today, but maybe not for the week or maybe mm. not for a month or three months. And so it's, it's been, it's been really amazing. Um, cause we've seen JK Rowling, uh, index <laughs> as an influencer. And it's like, it doesn't make sense. However, she posted six or seven times and she has like 15 million followers and there was a ton of engagement and she, she introduced a whole bunch of people to crypto, to a Bitcoin and Ethereum. And so if she, if JK Rowling, if she's listening right now, cause she absolutely, she absolutely listens to our live streams. Um, <laughs> if, if she, if she is, <laughs> and, she, and she all of a sudden starts tweeting about Mantra Dow, you can imagine what's gonna happen. Um, and then it's, it's hard to say she's not influential for Mantra Dow when she gets to sure. get in front of people. So if, if um, that if that happens, you would see me running down the streets of Hong Kong with a broom between my legs, waving <laughs> a wand. <laughs> Nimbus five thousand. Absolutely. <laughs> I, mean, I might pay to see that one. I don't, how much? Like what kind oh, of? Oh God. <laughs> yeah, no, I'll I'll keep true to that one. I'll be paying to get him out of jail. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, well, very very cool guys. I mean, we're coming up on the hour here. Um, you know, I really appreciate you guys coming on and, and talking about the project and, you know, you can kind of feel, feel the passion, um, you know, with you guys and working on the project and, you know, you're, you're obviously super technical with the way you're putting it together. It's very thoughtful. So I just applaud you guys on, on putting that together and, and coming on and sharing with our community what you're working on. And I'm, I'm just excited to see what you guys put together for this thing, because I, I think it's going to be big and, and I'm really, you know, great, great work. Thanks so much, guys. We really, uh, really, really appreciate, appreciate the support that. so far. Yeah, it's it's been awesome. Hopefully, we can get back to that number one spot. <laughs> hey, push it. Up. Just give people, just make sure they know, like, the, the Twitter handle and then the site, or where's the best place to find you guys? Um, Twitter is just at Montredow, and then um, the Telegram is just the Montredow English community. Um, yeah, Mont Montredow Official. Are, yeah, Montredow Official. So those are probably the, the two best places. Yeah. Um, pretty and, you'll, and, and yeah, you'll you'll see John and myself both on you know the the Telegram pretty uh, frequently. Very so cool. That's, Very that's cool. probably best best place for any unanswered questions. All right, swarm that swarm that Telegram. All right, JP, Will, mm -hmm. thank you both for joining us. I really really appreciate it. Thanks, of course, guys. our pleasure. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, thanks so much.